This episode of Dopey is sponsored by Oro Recovery, located in sunny Southern California, in Malibu, Silver Lake, and somewhere in Western Los Angeles. Oro was created by our friend Bob Forrest and his friends, Evan, Jared, and Bob. Their mission, to create a facility that treats drug addicts and alcoholics with connection and compassion rather than control. They have decades and decades and decades of experience in treating alcoholism, drug addiction, and co-occurring mental health disorders, including severe mental illness, SMI. They also make sure that your detox is as comfortable as possible, which is a real plus if you're really strung out. They also have amenities you wouldn't believe. Surfing, equine therapy, sound bath meditation, and of course, the potentially spiritually transformative sweat lodge. It is the place to go if you're fucked and you're willing to get help and you're willing to go to sunny Southern California. I highly suggest going to Oro. This episode of Dopey is also brought to you by our very good friends at Sober Buddy. I know I've talked to you guys about the Sober Buddy app before and I still think you should check it out. But what I want to tell you about today is that Sober Buddy has just opened up a crowdfunding campaign that allows you to own a piece of the company, which is super cool. You help them raise the money they need and they give you shares. It's a win-win. You can purchase shares in the Reg CF offering and raise capital for future expansion. You can find the link to their campaign on the Dopey website or on their website, YourSoberBuddy.com. Sober Buddy has already helped over 30,000 people on their sober journey, and this is your chance to help them get their app out to even more people. So check it out. Give them some love to support a product that helps people achieve sobriety, which is what I like Dopey to be all about. And sign up for their app so you can have your own Sober Buddy. This episode of Dopey is also brought to you by our very good friends at Evolution Accounting and Consulting. They are a full-service accounting firm that can help with your taxes, your bookkeeping, payroll, and almost any other business need you have. Thanks to technology, they work with people from all over the country and pride themselves on building exceptionally strong relationships with their clients. They say that their passion allows you to pursue yours because they understand the stress caused by worrying about taxes and accounting issues. When you allow them to take this off your plate, you'll be freed up to focus on what you love to do. And perhaps more important than anything else, the firm is run by a fucking crackhead. 
Fortunately, he's been in recovery for years and knows the struggle as well as the success. Use promo code DOPEY when you connect with them at www.evolution-accounting.com to receive very special discounts. All right, I want to tell you guys about a very special recovery podcast called Recovery in the Middle Ages, a podcast about two middle-aged suburban dads and their pursuit of life, love, and recovery. Listen as they discuss current topics of interest to the recovery community, including 12-step, alt-recovery, the newest medical research, and talk about their daily struggle to maintain their recovery and anonymity in the world of soccer moms and PTA meetings. If the neighbors only knew. Find Recovery in the Middle Ages everywhere you get your podcasts. And that's enough with the ads. Here's the show. Hello and welcome to Dopey. The podcast on drugs, addiction, and dumb shit. And my name is Dave. And I'm thrilled to be bringing you another episode of Dopey. I hope you guys are great. It is January. COVID season is running high, as you all know. My family, a lot of you have been concerned about my family. My family is doing good. My foot has healed. I'm walking around today. I caught up on shipping, which is amazing. If you are missing anything, please send an email to dopeypodcast at gmail.com. I, uh, I love, I, I mean, I hate the shipping, but I love the shipping. And I have so much stuff still. I have the Misfit socks. I've got the Big Bird socks. I've got the Big Bird beanies. I've got dopey snapbacks, Oyve snapbacks. If you want any of that stuff, just Venmo me or message me on any social media or write me an email and I'll send it to you. I'll do it. It's true. And, um, you know, people are enjoying the merch. We have super new cool stuff coming out at dopeypodcast.com from SRO Prince, who is our partner in Cincinnati. You're not going to believe how cool the new shit that's about to drop is. So go over there, go to the Dopey Podcast store, buy some stuff. They're very prompt in shipping. Better than I am, I'll tell you that. I also have to ask you to subscribe to Dopey YouTube. We're killing ourselves over here at Dopey YouTube, and I don't even think I tell you guys enough about it. So check out Dopey YouTube. We're still doing these daily reflections. We're, we're reviewing every Ben and Jerry's flavor. Shit is coming out. Stories are starting to get dropped. Look for the new Behind the Dope series on Dopey Podcast YouTube. Subscribe. Do all that good stuff. Be a part of the doposphere however you can. And um, I have to make a recommendation to all dopes in the doposphere. The new season of Euphoria is fucking bananas. Only one episode has come out, but it is like, it's a killer fucking episode. And the show, like, I talked about it a bit last season. The vibe is incredible. They actually, like, had Kodak recreate a certain type of film stock to shoot it ectochrome or they made some digital ectochrome but i think they actually had them make the film ectochrome which is this classic kodak film to get a really good look of the show and the music is incredible the performances are incredible it's super dopey it's super 
beautiful and and well-made. And I am trying to get Sam Levinson, who created Euphoria, to come on. And uh, I think if I talk enough about Euphoria, maybe maybe somebody will tell him. You think is that possible that somebody somebody talks about dopey outside of the doposphere? I don't know if you guys have New Year's resolutions. I didn't really make any New Year's resolution. I made I made a, a half resolution to stop eating sugar and eat healthy. I have not I have not done that yet. I've 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 done a little bit better, but not not so much. What I did though is I've started getting more organized. I bought this big book and I'm writing shit down. So that's an exciting new development. I'm like I have all these lists and I'm crossing shit off and it makes me feel like I'm getting things done. It feels good. I suggest getting a book and writing shit down and fucking journaling. I'm bullet journaling or I'm listing. I don't think I'm quite journaling or bullet journaling. I think I'm just listing. I'm incredibly excited about today's show. If you listened to last week's show, you know who the guest is. It's Andy Dick. He's back. And this is not just a normal interview. It is a sprawl. And after Andy, we have a a famous member of the Dopey Nation, a member of uh, law enforcement in New York City, Butchie Pants Down, a.k.a. TJ, joins us after Andy Dick. Here he is, the one and only Andy Dick. So when last we spoke uh, on the show, you were at a museum with your soup, huh? Before we get into all this bullshit, how much am I getting paid? How much you want? $1,200. Never going to happen. 700 No way. I'm poor. I'm fucking poor. You never heard of me. You didn't even know who I am. Save Dopey Podcast. Don't give me that shit. You know you're in my phone. (laughs) So why did you ask who I am if I was in your phone? Because I didn't know if it was you. Of course it's me. Do you think I have an assistant? Do you think I have a staff? No, I don't. That's why I need money. I work in a deli. I work in a deli. I don't give a shit. You can make an extra pastrami. All right, so what's what's the what's your bottom bottom line price? Three hundred. I have to stop there. And listen, come on, it'll help your show. And I hope you're recording all this. Of course, I'm recording all this. I'm a professional. I'll do two. Two is as far as I go. You're three hundred. Two, two. That's it. You're such a Jew, you bitch, Jew. (laughs) I am. It's true. It's totally true. You got me there, Andy. How are you? Um, I'm okay. I'm okay. Not great. What's going on, man? I mean, I've been. I'm reading about you. When last we what spoke, now? huh? You're reading old shit. You're probably reading old shit. Like what? what? Dude, yeah, I'm catching up. I'm catching up on the trials and tribulations of Andy Dick. Right. Talk to me. When last we spoke, let me ask you this: You said you didn't have too much drug stuff to talk about. You didn't think you had a problem with alcohol at all. You were with your hot girlfriend bragging about your washboard abs at a museum living in a hotel in Koreatown. Does any of this ring a bell? Yeah. No, I, I was at, yeah. East Town. No East, cost East. to the buyer hotel. Oh. Oh, no, yeah. Okay, no, that was the um, the one on Hollywood Boulevard. The East West. The East West, yeah. They gave it to me for a year. Who's in the Maybe. background? Um, uh, my boyfriend, I'm not going to lie. He didn't want to say his name. Is it that kid? And an actor friend. What? Is it the kid? Is it the comedian kid? I mean, that, John, 
Are you a comedian? Yeah. You, you, you nailed it, buddy. How are we doing? How are you doing? Marvelous. Good. Wait a minute. Why would he call you a comedian? I don't know. I don't know. I just figured it was the kid that you brought on Tiger Belly with you. Asher, I think his name was. Yeah. You mean Paris? Paris. Asher, Paris, yeah. No, it's not Paris, but yeah. All right, dude. What are you so worried about? Is it what? What could what no, could I, go I, wrong I, here? Damn, I don't give a shit. I would tell you anything, but they sometimes are like, "Can you not say that uh, I need a boyfriend?" Because I'm not. They get real mad at me. So what's this kid's name? I'm not going to tell you. But he likes being your boyfriend, I think. Yeah, he loves me. I would like to think. I have so I have so many questions, Andy. I don't even know where to start. Then hurry up, ask them. We don't have much time. Well, oh, but also here with a friend of mine, Juju. Juju, he's a black man. It's J U J U. Oh, like Ju, like Dijor kind of thing. He's French. He's a black Frenchman. Nice. What is that? Where did that name come from? Trinidad, my grandmother, Trinidad. I'm supposed to be a junior. Oh, that is yeah, French, isn't it? No, no, tr- yeah. uh, West Indian, Caribbean. But that, he's French. Yeah. No, I don't know. He's Trinidadian. He's not French. No, no, Trinidad. You're my Trinidadian. That's what my daughter said to me the other day. We were talking about Trinidadians, and she said, I'm her Trinidadian. That's right. That's brother. That's nice. So how are you doing, Juju? All right. How about yourself? How's everything? I'm good. How's Andy? What's going? I'm worried about Andy. What's going on with him? He's living life. He's waking up every morning to see the madness. What am I worried about? I mean, I read about you getting punched in the head in New Orleans, and I read about you beating somebody with a bottle in the six months ago, and I'm worried. Guy that's sitting next to me over here. Yeah. Howdy. Not Juju. How was the bottle incident? Tell me what happened there. We got into. Fights and he started running away from me, and I picked up the nearest thing, which was a handle of Tito's vodka, empty, and I just smashed it on his, the back of his head. Did he have to go to the hospital? Yeah. How bad was and it? Fail. Okay. Say it again. I wasn't afraid. Say that again. He went to the hospital and I went to jail. Ay, ay, ay. How long did you go to jail for? I really did, yes. And he the- Andy, if I'm paying you, you got to focus on me here. Juju has to take a back seat. Juju's trying to help out. I can't even hear Juju. He's in, he went to the bathroom. What, so what else is going on, buddy? How are you doing? I'm not fucking because my life is a fucking roller coaster of bullshit. There's more bullshit, a little less bullshit, than more bullshit, but it's all bullshit. Why do you, why? What happened with your uh, Tiger King thing? We're doing it. I, I call it I, Tiger Dick. You call it what? Tiger Dick? Yeah. Now listen, I'm going to be serious with you for a second, okay? I was on the phone with a friend of mine saying that I was about to talk to you and he was saying, um, you know, that, that your life is a roller coaster and this and that. And I said, 
I believe that if you got your shit together, you could have the greatest comeback in the history of the universe because I think you're incredibly talented. I love you, and that's so sweet of you. Who would, why would you think I would even want that? How do you like that? Well, tell me. Yeah. What do you want? What, what's, are you happy, Andy? What's going like on? Talking with you. You're a nice guy. You know, I like talking to people that are normal and real like you. How's your podcast doing, buddy? It's pretty good. I, I'm on Marin on Thursday. You're on what? I'm on What the Fuck podcast with Mark Marin in two days. You are? Yup. Fuck yeah, dude. Are you fucking kidding me? No, I'm not kidding you. Fuck yeah, dude. So I'm excited about that. The podcast is doing good. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, it's kind of. Well, obviously it's doing very well. How, how did you get on with Mark Marin? I've been on his show like five or ten times, but how did you do it? I like gave him a couple of pastrami sandwiches, to be honest with you. <laughs> no, it's obviously because your podcast is doing well. Are you in the top 20 of podcasts? No, dude. No, I, I'm like a large bug in the universe of, uh, of podcasts. You're doing something right. Well, like I mean, Mark, it doesn't it's like Joe wrote, you know, when podcasts first came out, there were five of them. Adam Carolla, me, Greg Fitzsimmons, Mark Marin, and uh, one. Can I say me again? No. Sure. No, no, no. There, and there's one, um, uh, Joe Rogan. I think you said and that twice. Top five, switching back and forth till I just bowed out. I'm like, you know what? Why do I want to do a fucking podcast? Plus, I got movies and TV shows, and I just couldn't do it. And I was probably having drug problems and whatever the fuck. But um, they all look at Joe Rogan now. Are you kidding me? You know, Joe and I were on news radio together. I do know that. You do? I know that. What I want to know is when you were on Dopey last time, you were saying you didn't really have too much good drug stories for me. But, like, it seems to me, as a fan of yours, as a concerned witness, alcohol is a big prominent thing going on with you. What, what's your take on it? When's the last time you had sober time, Andy? I'm sober now, you bitch butt. You didn't have to call me a bitch fuck just because I asked you a question. I said bitch, I said bitch butt. Okay, so you're sober now. You, you uh, have a little pussy. You know what a pussy is? It's your butt pussy. I have a little butt pussy is what you're telling me? Yeah, a bussy. Uh, no, I did a story about drugs that I didn't have last time. All right, what happened? Here? Yeah, please. I'm embarrassed to tell you. Um, oh, God, this is bad. And I really, I don't think I've ever told this. Because it just happened last year. And uh, I was doing drugs. I, you know, I'm not doing drugs now. I don't even smoke pot. My lungs are so weak. I'm like 56 years old. I, I can't, if I, if I take one little, I don't even let people smoke cigarettes around me. Cigarettes, pot, anything. It's just like my lungs are, I'm just an old man. But my, my point is a, a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago, they, two friends of mine, uh, laid out this mount, little mount, mini mountain of cocaine, okay, in in a bathroom with me and my two friends. And I'm like, 
and I got so drug greedy, I pushed both of them <laughs> to either side of the mountain of cocaine into the wall, and I just snorted the whole pile. And they said, Andy, you know that was fentanyl. Oh, my God. And I'm like, well, good. I love it. This is, I love it. <laughs> and I was. And then 30 seconds to maybe a minute later, I dropped dead and died. Literally died. Blue lips, cold skin, no breathing, no heartbeat. And it's my friend uh, who's actually nearby in the building. He lives in the building. If he wasn't there and my other friend wasn't there, I would still be, I'd be six feet under right now. They pressed on my chest so hard they broke my ribs. And one of them gave me <laughs> mouth to mouth. When I came to him, I'm like, okay, so which one gave me mouth to mouth? And it was the fat ugly <laughs> Of course it was. <laughs> of course it was. Oh, Adam. I was so mad about that. I'm not kidding. I was dead. I said, why didn't you just let me stay dead? Wow. Why didn't you stay dead? I was not in the best place you know, in life. Well, I follow you on social media and I see how much you love your family and your kids like doing such cool stuff. And I see yeah. the love. Bag. I see yeah, the bag. love coming through you. Um, yeah, I love them if, if, if they weren't around i really would i'd be dead i really would be because i'm staying alive for them at this point well even if you don't want the comeback i just think you could get your shit together because you're all over the place and i say that with love why, damn it. why do i have to have a comeback i never laughed it's not about a comeback in the in the archetypical term, archetypal term. It's about a real comeback, like for your heart, for your. I mean, you just said you you were revived from a fentanyl OD, and you were like, "I wish that you kept me dead." It's it's a comeback from that. What does he need? Hang on a second. Do you need an iPhone? What's going on? I think Juju wants your fentanyl dealer's number. <laughs> he doesn't do drugs. No, Juju sounded very straight. No, he's really super cool. He's a 50-year-old black man who looks like... Who's that guy from like, the Green Mile? <laughs> he's dark-skinned. Okay. Oh. <laughs> so are you like... Alfonso, what's his name? Fresh Prince. Alfonso Rivera? Oh, he's from Trinidad. His father's my father's friend. He went to high school. Oh, yeah, school. you do look like that guy. Oh, yeah. give me a... Get out of here. Get out of here with this stuff. What are you guys doing? Listen. I want to know this. I, I have so many but, questions. If if you're if you're around this mountain of cocaine two years ago and it turned out to be fentanyl, and be honest yeah. with me, how? And I don't I don't take you for like a, a low bottom drug addict type. I really don't. I take you for more of a high bottom alcoholic type. But um, <laughs> yeah. what I want to know is like how often are casual drugs in the scene? Well, it depends on you know. If I'm in a valley or a peak, and by the way, I do drugs in either one of them. <laughs> Hang on. Now, um, but for real, it depends on if, to be honest with you, if I'm going through some bullshit with a relationship 
my drug and alcohol use ramps up. And was there bullshit around, was that engagement with uh, Elisa Jordana real? Yes. Cause she, yeah. I know her because of Benji Bronk on the Howard Stern show. And yep. it, it all smelled like, uh, like a hey. bombastic press move yeah. to me. Yeah. That's what he says to me and to her. And uh, she was just here yesterday in my apartment. And um, to be honest with you, her and I have never fucked yet because uh, she wouldn't let me in the beginning. And then a couple months went by and she said, you know what? I think I'm finally ready. So if you want, we can fuck now. And I'm like, well, guess what? Now I'm not ready. Why not? I'm ready now, so don't worry about it. So where what's happening? And did you ever hear from Benji Bronk or any of the Howard Stern show staff around this thing? I, my girl, she is my girl. We're, I called off that um, engagement, by the way. Why? But then I called. I thought she was a climber, and I thought what you were saying, like she was just trying to use me to get in, you know, the press and this and that. And then I just missed her. A couple weeks went by and wait, fucking, I'm, you know what? I don't care if she wants to climb. She can climb on D's. Climb on, D, on, D, on D's, on D's nuts, right, Andy? And so we're now we're back engaged, and it's very hard and unbelievable to understand our relationship. It really is because she's so fucking beautiful. She's so smart, and she wants me to move in with her. And I don't know say She's very it's, Jewish too, right? No, 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 not at all. She's got to be total Jew. Elisa Schwartz? She's Jew, she's Jewier than no. I am. No, it's Elisa Jordan. Wait, is her last name Schwartz? I'm calling the engagement off. It's over. It's over. How are you going to do that, Andy? No, it's Jordana. No, her last name is Schwartz. Oh. Oh, really? Shabbat Shalom. Um, seriously, though. Uh, so like, but you never heard from Benji. That was never a thing. Cause they, Stern doesn't talk about that anymore. He used to make fun of him all the time. And then all of a sudden you turn up with his, his ex. And I just was sure Howard was going to talk about it. And he never did. Benji calls her all the time when I'm with her. And I'm like, what the fuck is he trying to like, get with you? Like, what? come on. I mean, if you want to get with him, do it. Just come on. But no, she doesn't want to be with him sexually, but. Yeah, he's always calling. He's all up in there. Trying to get Yeah, I'm like, are you blind, baby? Everybody wants to get in your pants, baby. Everybody. Like, I don't think so. Are you dumb? So, so I know that she was there when you assaulted your boyfriend. Um, and, but by the that boy that I was dating, I don't know who it was back then, whatever you're saying, no, what? No, she wasn't there when I hit him. I thought the dude is there right now. Uh, you know what? There. Okay. What do you want else to watch? Because there is a guy that I did hit right here, right now. A different guy. I can't remember who the one you're talking about. Like my girl was never there when I hit. What? Was she? No. No. She went to the press and said she was there. And when she saw you as drunk as you were, she knew it wasn't going to go well. 
And when she saw him get hit, she knew that he was in serious trouble, and so were you. That was her quote. Here's how I can pinpoint it. What did he get hit with? You said the Tito's vodka bottle. Well, there is three different incidents. One was a cast iron skillet. Oh, my God. It broke. The handle snapped off. That's how. And then the other one was... What was it? Can we stop talking about how I beat the shit out of my not homosexual relationship? I don't care if you have a homosexual relationship. I want to ask you a serious question, though. And this is kind of, you might not like this question. And it's not about your sexual orientation at all. It's, I mean, like, I'm a pussy, right? I've never really been in a fight. I've never really hit anybody. Have you always been, like, somebody who uses violence? Has that always been a thing? I don't use violence. If somebody hits me, game on, you dumb bitch. Now you're dead. Because I'm actually, I might be dead, but you'll be blind. Yeah, you might demolish somebody with the skillet. I will will claw your eyeballs out. I was fucking a bitch. Who's that, dude? I'm a bitch you touched me in school. Oh, yeah. So I came into my apartment, and my boy here was fucking, he was fucking my friend's wife who I was with when we walked in. I didn't know all that. It was bad. So I kind of went to town. They were fucking my friend's wife. He was fucking my friend's wife. And you walked in on it. We both, me and him walked in and I went berserk. Because I was embarrassed. Wait, the friend? You were with the friend and his wife was fucking your boyfriend? Yes. And yeah, don't say he doesn't like to be called my boyfriend. You're, 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 whatever, your friend, your significant other, your friend with benefits, whatever you want to call it. You're, you're fuck boy. I'm going to put a ring on it. But yeah, 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 yeah. So, and that's so why I beat the living mother, living pumping shit out of him. And then, um, but then the guy that was married to the girl, he's like, I don't care. They can do whatever yeah, they want. I'm like, why didn't you tell me that before I beat my boyfriend up? I, I'm dodging past our pants, and he's looking at you like, dude, what is that? Hold on, put that guy, put that guy on the phone for a second. He, he's here. Tell he, tell me this. I want to hear the story. All right. So, listen. I I told Andy ahead of time. I'm going to be lost. I'm going to fuck that girl. That that I'm going to. I don't know. This is what I'm going to do. Hey, bye. I'm leaving the bar. I'm taking that girl over. I'm, I'm going to fuck her. And he shows up. I'm butt-ass naked. She's jumping on a fucking uh, bed. with, And her husband walks in. And he walks in. I'm like, hey, Andy. You know. And uh, Andy, quote, unquote. Oh, you fucked up, kid. He goes ballistic. Cast iron pan, all that. But the husband is looking at. He's looking at me and Andy like, what are you doing, brother? Like, because the husband didn't really care. Apparently that was, they're like swingers. That was his thing. He liked to see his wife get fucked or whatever. No, well, I I don't know about all that, but it wasn't that big of an issue. And did uh, did Andy hit you hard with the skillet? uh, Yeah, about, I don't know. Yeah. He's going to the hospital. And he didn't get locked up for that one. Oh yeah, I got arrested in I was I was in the lobby of a you know pretty pretty snazzy. I was 
I was detained for a good, you know, hour and a half. Okay. You know why? Because he said I'm his boyfriend. So it was domestic. That's when the domestic the domestic I, thing came out. I, keep this in mind. I never pressed the charge on him. I never even called the police. He made a little bit of a ruckus, but I was in the lobby of they had a they had a biohazard the chair I was sitting in. I'm bleeding out of my face. I have no shirt on. It's kind of embarrassing. Yeah. But they, they brought him to the ambulance. Like so they so what they do is when you get arrested, it's like you gotta point it out, you gotta point them out. It's like a, a lineup. But I'm sitting in the back of the ambulance looking at burning like a like why'd you like come on? It's not even his problem. So like, how did you guys amend the situation? Like how did you forgive him? He's a, I'm taking his butt. No. And it's funny. Well, it was because he that, got in the bussy? No. The, yeah. Listen, bussy. I'm going to tell you one thing. You better watch your bussy. All right. Take it I mean, easy. I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, kidding, I'm, kidding, I'm kidding. No, but anyway, uh, it, it's funny. The uh, It came up. It happened two times. One time that, that it was silent. But this time... Literally, I'm telling you, it was either the police or the firefighters because they were very interested. They're like, "That was wait, 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 that was Andy Dick that did that," and I. They looked at each other. Uh, you, it, it's funny. Dude, what's your name? No, my name is. You don't have to say. You could. What, what, what do you want me to call you? What's your name? My name's Dave. Hey, Dave, I'm, I'm Victor. All right, so listen, Victor, I want to know something here. Like, I, and I have no judgment. I, I'm a recovering heroin addict. I don't, I don't judge anybody for doing anything. You guys sound a little bit buzzed. I know that, uh, that this kind of shit happens in these kinds of situations. Are you guys drinking? Are you guys doing coke? Are you doing no, GHB? Andy, what are you guys doing? Andy's actually been working his ass off, you know, like, literally, like, you don't understand. He's doing a whole radio tour for the the, the Tiger Dick. Uh, he's actually, you know, as crazy as he might be, and I've seen him. I've I've known him for a couple of years now, but he's. I I like the way he is right now, but um. So you're saying you guys don't get high together? I mean, he. I haven't seen him even smoke weed in a while. Yeah. He does. Listen, I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. He does have his little drink or whatever, but he's working, you know, like I, I can't blame him. No, I I, I've, seen, I've seen him blackout, you know, crazy, but uh, I'm proud of him. That's all. Why are you proud of him? Because he's putting in work right now? Yeah. You know, he's putting all the, all the. My, can I tell them this? My career went up during COVID because nobody would uh, show up on a set without a mask except me i'm like i'll do it listen andy i, I told I, you this i i believe in you for real and, and like i know that's like annoying for you to hear but i think that you have you like to hear that that's good um there's a famous story i just want i have i have a bunch more questions but i want to ask you this question whenever Artie lang goes on anything he tells that chris farley story about you and chris farley going to the bathroom together yeah, when, when? Do you, it's, a, it's a famous Artie Lang joke where he's talking to Norm McDonald and he says, uh, 
someone's supposed to be watching Chris Farley. I think Norm was supposed to be watching Chris Farley, but then the next thing he knows, you're going into the bathroom with Chris Farley, and they hope he's doing coke, meaning like it would be much worse if you got gay with Chris Farley than did coke with Chris Farley. But I always wanted to know what happened when you went into the bathroom with Chris Farley. It would be worse if we were gay. That's no, it's a joke. It's just a stupid Artie Lang joke. We it's not. Were, it's not. It's not a real thing. It's just a bit. We were very affectionate, but we never um, consummated. We never hooked up. But I really loved him like a lot. That when he died, it was horrible for me. Right. You know, I've had a number, a handful of people that just kicked it. You know, died, and I. Um, I, it's just too much, to be honest with you. No, I've had a lot of people die, too. I understand what you're saying. It sucks. If, if any one of my three kids died, I honestly, I would kill myself. I'm sorry. I'd, I'd go to Germany. They have a hospital in Germany that you can pay to kill you. How, yeah. do, they, how do they kill you? I don't know. Kevorkian style. Well. But it's people with uh, debilitating diseases that are going to die anyway but depression can be a debilitating disease well everybody dies are you feeling does how often are you haunted by depression not not really ever I'm, I'm I've always been just upbeat and happy and you know when we spoke last time you were talking about periods of like sobriety and not like I'm sober bitch sobriety, but working a program and doing all that shit where, where you benefited from those things. Do you ever miss that stuff or no? This what I am constantly sober. I get sober. Then I drink. Then I get sober. Then I drink. It was an up and down, like I said, roller coaster. What's the longest amount of time you ever had? So sober. Yeah. Uh, from age zero to age 15. Okay. So that's 15. And then after that, um, you know, I'd have bouts of sober time from one month up to three years. What's the last big chunk you had? I'm going to chunk in your face, bitch. Okay. I'm just kidding. Yes. Uh, no cost to the buyer. Yes. I <laughs> uh, love it. Um, I have to think back because like, uh, my boy was saying, I do drink at dinner. I'll have a glass of wine with my steak, but I don't get drunk. Have you seen me get drunk recently? Not even on New Year's. Not even on New Year's. Okay. Well, but we're talking about peaks and valleys. You're talking about the mountain of Coke that turned out to be near lethal fentanyl. I was ready to go. You were ready to go. That was two years ago. What? Talk to me. I said that was two years ago. That fentanyl death was two years or maybe over two years ago. So since uh, then, like what what kind of drugs have you done casually and have you tried, have you attempted long-term sobriety since then? I don't believe in long-term sobriety, to be honest with you. But um, what do you mean you don't believe in it? it? There's no such thing. 
I mean, yeah. there, there is. I, I was on heroin for 15 years, and now well, I've been sober for I, six. No, I never. I only did heroin, and I just snorted it less than five times. And the reason I never did it again is because I'm like, ooh, this one good. I'm going to stick with it. <laughs> right. It was like it the was, fentanyl experience. What did he say? The who that who there? Exactly. Some black thing. So Louisiana yeah. Asian shit. Like this. Is that a Richard Pryor? Who that who did? That's that shit. It is that shit, but but I'm not even talking about heroin. I don't give a shit. It's about you know what it's like to be in long term recovery, and you know what it's like to drink and get sober and drink and get sober. Yeah. Long term recovery. I'm in pure fucking hell. I know that's what you said last time. Well, this is same. I feel like we could tweak it though. I feel like I feel like we could tweak it, and you could you wouldn't be long term hell. I don't think that has to be the case. I mean, I don't need to twelve step you. I don't want to twelve step you. I mean, I'm not going to be abstinent ever again. I'm just not going to be. Yeah, hang on a minute. Juju wants to say something. So you have. 15 years so I'm um, sober. No, no, I have six years sober. Six years. So you have no urges or being around people to, to tempt you or anything like that? Um, I might. I, I have some kind of urge about weed. I love bud. I haven't smoked bud in six years, but I'm I'm not smoking bud. Everything else. And, and I wouldn't mind smoking cigarettes, but I don't really have urges for heroin or pills or coke or anything. Yeah, I, you're going to snap. No, I don't. I don't think I'm gonna snap. I think when I get to be old, I'm gonna smoke bong hits and listen to the Almond Brothers. One more question. So, is, the is Almond it, Brothers. <laughs> or at least you can say Smoker Brothers. So, is is it the drug or the lifestyle? I don't miss. I mean, I have two little kids, okay. so like the, the lifestyle is okay. definitely not like attractive to me right now. Because if I engaged, I would not have the beautiful life that I have. Don't fucking. Amen. Oh, when you when you did heroin, did you shoot it up? Yes. Oh yeah, I didn't. I just snorted it less than five times. Like I did. The um, first time, I'm afraid of needles. I don't like. The first time I tried heroin, I OD. Now I've been with this girl who shot me up. I've been with her almost going two years. What? Are you still with her? I'm serious. Wait, was she here? Yes, what? Oh. Hang on a second. I have something to talk to him about right now. I need to talk to Juju because I was in my bathroom a couple of days ago listening to this. I have to say it. I'm saying. Oh, well, you said her name, didn't you? I didn't hear her name. Take her name out. I didn't hear her name. Okay. Okay. Well, I was in my bathroom like four or five days ago, and there was a Colgate box. Yeah. I have a crest, I think. I have a whole other toothpaste. I'm like, what's this Colgate box? And I picked it up. Oh, somebody bought me some toothpaste. I'm like, no, it's loose and it was rattling. I open it up. There were needle, two needles in it. Wow. Juju, you do you use needles or no? Oh, no, he doesn't. No, 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 no. And are you a heroin addict or are you just re- fucking with it? No. He doesn't no. do anything. Me and him are supporting each other. We're kind of we go to AA and shit like that. Yeah. Hold on, I, hold on. You go to AA? Here and there. I don't care and I don't want to, but yeah, I do it to support him. 
Yes. Juju, you're in the program. Here and there. Outpatient. Outpatient. What, what, yeah. was, your, what was your Outpatient. drug, man? Mine? Yeah. Shit. Crystal, weed. Is it the lifestyle? Anything. Anything at, at the moment. Yeah, I mean, but, you could get it. Black hands we, on. We, uh, you know, we grow out of it. I get high at Jesus. How much time you got? Who? Me, you myself? Do. Yeah. Six well, I, Oh, no, no. Time I got now. Yeah, yeah. Sober. Oh, so, yeah. oh man. Six, like, seven, seven months. Seven months, yeah. Seven months. What made you stop? What made me stop? He, did you down right like I did? Yeah, I'm yeah, serious. You, I'm did. Not, yeah. you did too? No, I see. I, I slammed at 10 o'clock at night. So you were doing heroin? No, no. I, Slamming I mixed, me. No, I, mixed, I mixed heroin and crystal. Me? Oh, I used wow. to do that too. Those are goofballs, they call that. Yeah. I, I, I slammed at 10 o'clock that you're night. You're a ball. Do you know when I, 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 OD'd, I OD'd 8 o'clock the next morning? I sat, slammed. I passed Did out of my car. Did you? She was with me, beside what? me. She was beside me. Who was? was a, friend, oh, a, a friend. A friend of mine. So, we, we, you know, we partied in the car. You know, we chilled. At 8 o'clock at night, at 8 o'clock at night, I did my thing. I passed out. I woke up two o'clock in the morning, sweating for a little, like for like 15, 10, 20 seconds. I passed out again. I woke up at 10 o'clock. I dropped her off. I went downtown LA and that's when I OD, OD the next day. Where'd you and go woke, downtown? And this, this, and this is when the current, this is when, when the um, Corona came in effect. I woke up with a bunch of, I woke up with a room with a red light with no windows. And people with hazmat co with a uh, with a uh, hazmat suits on, because me knocked out, not knowing who or what who I had. Hazmat suit? But I thought he's black. Put on your hazmat suit. I thought the government had. When I woke up, I thought the government had. I swear, because I passed out in a store, and my friends said they thought they, their friends thought they were I was faking. Until one lady was like, "No, look at his face," and I busted my lip. I would have broke yeah. my fall. It's like my friend who died. I thought he was faking. I woke up Saturday morning. This is Friday. I woke up Saturday morning in the fucking hospital because they didn't know if I had COVID or not. Because I was not. Oh, this happened in the last this seven. This, yeah, this happened. This one. I was like, you've been sober for seven months. Yeah, yeah. So that's when. It, yeah, I woke oh, up. Is that what made you stop? That yes. Yeah. Juju. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you you decided that was too much for you at that point? Man, I'm too much. You fucking died. Yes, I, I died. Yes. And yeah. I mean, that's just crazy. Did they say you were dead? Yeah, yeah. Scary shit was. Same. When I woke up, I thought I was in the I thought the government like hit me. I swear, I woke up in a room, <laughs> I woke up in a room with no windows and a red light, and all I was saying help me, and all they do was give me thumbs up, and their face protectors are mirrored. So I'm seeing myself. I'm, thinking, I'm serious. I'm, I'm it's like ET or aliens. Yeah, exactly. On the real, I didn't know left from right, right from left, left from. I hey, I tell you one thing. It was real. Real scary experience to wake up in a hospital, not knowing you're in a hospital, but wake up in a room with no windows or a red flashing light and people with hazmat oh, suits. Blinking. Yeah. So I don't know what the fuck. I swear, first thing I was the government got me. Yeah, you scared straight. Yeah. I'm how did like, how did you um, know Andy? How'd you meet Andy? Um, Repeat that one more time. Juju, how did you meet Andy and like Andy started taking you to meetings or you started taking him? Uh, we met in a meeting. Yeah, we met in a meeting and took it from there. And Andy's not drinking right now. He's not like drinking GHB and doing crazy <laughs> shit. Uh, uh, now, we, no. got some, we got some Mountain Dew right here. 
I'm drinking Mountain Dew. Wow. I want to quit that even. This is interesting to me because you're saying you don't believe in long-term recovery and yet you met Juju at a, at a 12 step meeting and you're helping him achieve long-term recovery. Helping each other. So why don't you believe in it? What does that mean? You don't believe in it long-term because it's just, I'm, I'm too, I'm too psychotic. Like if, if I feel I'm at a breaking point, then it's like a, a pressure cooker. I need to let that steam up. You know what I'm saying? I'll drink one night or something and just let a little pressure off. And then I'm okay for another six months or a year. I find that, that, that when you can build up time and you can get through those things without the drinking or without the using that it's easier to tolerate the pressure. True. You don't have any desire to do that stupid heroin you did, which is, I think it's stupid and or pot or drinking. Or you said you do have pot. I don't, I don't care. It's like my life is so much better now and it's only gotten better by not Shoot. fucking around. So like, Shoot. I just don't want to fuck anything up. You know, I fucked everything up for so long. Yeah. I just like, I like my life now. Uh, you're great, buddy. I think you're great. Do you have a wife? I do. And she's super beautiful. It's I'm a very lucky person. It's ridiculous how lucky I am. That's one of the things you don't want to fuck up. I don't want to fuck up my... I mean, we're actually going to get married this summer, but we've been together for many years. I I fucked everything up. Me and her had a baby, and I relapsed on heroin. Huh? How How old is that baby? She's 11 now. Legally married, bro. No, we never got married. We, 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 she, come forth, come forth. yeah, years. yeah, I guess we're common law, right? Um, because you've been together that whole time. No, no, no. She left me and I was using, and we were broken up for four years. And then, and then I, I, I like fucked everything up a bunch and we tried to work it out and she left me again. And that's when I got sober. And then she got back together with me, and now we have another kid who's three. Beautiful. Beautiful. Congratulations. How old is she? My wife? Yeah. She's 46. Yeah. She's at the place. This is (laughs) how I see it. Yes. Yes, Andy. They want to just settle down. That's how my girl is. They just want to settle down and ride it out. Well, that's that's what I want to do, too. That's where I'm at. So let me ask you a question. So what led, to, like, what? How was your your addiction as far as your gateway drug? Like, how did it lead to heroin? Was it drinking first, smoking weed first? No, I was, I was a, I was a really, really serious uh, pothead, and, and then that led to that. I was a serious pothead, and I had a very Man. bullshit TV career. Nothing like Andy's. Like, I had a nothing TV career, and I had a. We had, had a, huh? What was what do you mean? What did you do on TV? I don't know anything. Like Dickie Roberts? No, like nothing. I, I worked for, it was actually a Lorne Michaels subsidiary that I worked for, um, but it wasn't real. It was like a college cable channel. Doing what? I was producing a music show and hosting a show about music and stuff. Uh, oh, what was that channel called? It was called Burly Bear. Uh, oh, no, I don't know. Paul Shear came up on it. It doesn't matter. Huh? He's great. Yeah, he, he. It's funny because I saw him come from nothing, uh, and I like I had the big I had like a show and he didn't, and then he became famous and I became a junkie. Um, 
I, I had a, I had a weed, I had like a, a drug delivery service and they had dope. And once I started making like a hundred grand, I thought I could afford to do dope. And, and I, and I lost everything very quickly. Juju. That's what happened to me. Did you ever look back and live in the horrible dark cloud of regret? Yeah. But yeah. I, I do too. I, but you can't, I'm going to cry it up. You can't go there. You can't, you gotta, we both have to move forward, look forward and just come on. We can do it. No, man. I mean, listen, I, I got to a point where I lived You're doing better than me. Huh? You're doing better than me. Listen, I don't know about better. I, but I also think that you, if you put, I believe, and I believe this to be true that you're, I, I've said this four times. I'm going to say it a fifth time. I think you're ridiculously talented and smart. And I think your theory fucks you up that you think when you need to blow off steam, you need to drink for a night because that what? undoes what? your potential. Oh, fuck yourself. Huh? Why don't you fuck yourself in your own pussy? I can't. I, I don't have that kind of flexibility or elasticity. Kidding. Would you rather listen to me? <clears throat> I have had a handful, 10 or 20 friends that killed themselves in the sobriety where I suicide said, what? Yes. Suicide. Where I said, why didn't they just the motherfuck take a drink and don't kill yourself? Why would you do that to me? I'm your, one of your best friends. What, what was the situation like that, Andy? What part? Like who, 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 who committed suicide and you think a drink could have saved? See, that's an interesting, that's a very interesting situation I'm, where you think you a drink, up, a drink would have saved their life. A bunch of them. Yeah, you dummy. Yeah. Well, and but, I'm just talking like that. I talk like that to my dog. I don't, dude, I don't mind. You can call me a dummy, a bussy, a piece of you're shit. Awesome. I don't care. I think, I think you're great. I think you're great. But I want to know, I want to know, here's a big question here. I can't tell you anybody's. You can look it up. Oh, I don't care. I don't care about that either. But 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 their family does, and I can't. I I I just I can't talk about it. No, I get it. I don't mean that I don't care that they're dead. Of course, I care that they were miserable and and died. I'm saying, do you think that you drink occasionally to stave off suicide? Yes. Well, what else could you do, Juju? What do you think about this? Well, yeah, what do you? Because you're sober, you don't do shit. I don't do shit. I Me mean, neither. But crazy, would you at least like smoke a whole pot? I mean, if, if it to avoid, yeah, I would. I would. I would. I would. I would. I'd rather hear the the the, the ridicule of using again, more or less seeing someone sad and and, and carried by six. Wait, say that again. I said I'd rather you, take the ridicule and and and, and, and disappointment. And people who, who believe See? in me, and they've yeah. been carried by carried six. by six. He's talking about the, the what are they called, Paul? But they yeah. would need twelve right. for you. Sick. Sticking in like Sticking in a sticker. Yeah, they'd need twelve. Dude, Andy, let me ask you another annoying question. And Juju, I want to hear your opinion about this too. Like, I'm, not, I, I'm never. I never thought that I was going to become some recovery guy. Like that never seemed to be what I thought was going to happen to me. But like I followed the, this path and I did all the spiritual shit. And when I feel like I want to fucking do anything, I like I, I 
turn to spirituality. Like, you don't try that? Yes, of course I do, you dumbass. And? I what do you pray, do? I pray. I meditate. I do spa shit. I, I, I love have, it when you call me a dumbass, though. So so what, what works and what doesn't work? I'm just kidding. But, but um, I have spiritual leaders. I have spirit, you know, I had this one spiritual leader about 15 years ago, um, a spiritual like guru that I really looked up to. And I was just learning a lot and just hanging with this man. Was it Russell Brand? <laughs> you know, like he's one that I, I, you know, yes, I hung out with him a lot, by the way, but he's one that I remember him texting me, fancy a meeting night. Yeah. Hear his accent in the text. Yeah. He was so funny. But, Do you think he's still funny in his spiritual mode? Don't, don't get me down that road. That's just real quick. Here's my thing. The spiritual guy that I hung out with said to me, you know, somebody of your caliber and somebody that has all this, all these people on you all the time like that, they would die. They would commit suicide uh, or just give up altogether. I don't know how you're doing it, Andy. And what do you so, say? What did I say? Yeah. I, I understood what he meant. And that's why I see that I keep my career at just a low, steady, even keeled, you know, because my friends, some of them who did die, really peaked hard and heavy and quickly and then died. Do you understand, Dave? Of course I do. I mean, you know, you know, I mean, I don't know if you remember this or not. You came on the show because Susan Pinsky asked you to come on the show because my partner had just overdosed and died. My the guy who I started Dopey with. Oh, I, I forgot about that part. I love Susan, by the way. It's Dr. Drew's wife. Yeah, she's awesome. She's a she's a character, right, Andy? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she really is a character. But my point is I I've I've seen, you know, like like two of my best friends died in the same six week period, which was just before we met. Um, or on the phone met. I, I just think, you know, you're helping Juju. Juju's helping you. Are are yes. you putting time together? Like how much time do you have, Andy? I guess six seven months. No, because you know what? I I'll have some wine at dinner. What are you what are you Hitler? Are you Jewish? I'm Jewish you, and I'm Hitler at the same time. I'm both. I'm, I'm fluid. Stop, I'm fluid, Andy. Stop goose-stepping on my nutsack, bitch. Do you think the wine uh, creates a problem or it is not a problem? No, I make a rule. I'm like one, and then depending on the night, I'll say one to three, maybe five, because it's a Friday night. What was that? Oh, so I did a movie called Division Three, Football's Finest. I wrote it with my friend and produced it with my friend. And it's really, really funny. And I really wanted to do a good job. So I was completely stone cold sober for months before we started. And then the whole time during the movie. But I was so aggravated. I was pent up during the movie. And as soon as they said, that's a picture wrap on Andy Dick, I ran to a bar 
I started drinking. Why? Because you were like, you were like, this is it can't be was, worse than this. I, yeah, I was, I was going crazy. I was gonna get myself. What happened in New Orleans? Set up Katrina. That's the story. I have friends that say I was set up, and they uh, a guy just punched me in the back of the head. Back of the head, got knocked out. How badly did you get hurt? Bad. I was concussed. I was in the ECU for like three days. Whatever you want. Let me ask you one last thing, and this is a Juju question as well as you, right? You're right, you're right. you're going to. I mean, Juju seems like a hundred percent. You're a hundred percent on board with this recovery hate, thing right now, right? I hate him. Well, I'm just kidding. What'd you say? What was I repeat that? What'd you say? Juju, you're a hundred percent on board with this recovery thing. You sound very sober to me. Well, yes, definitely, definitely. Well, I mean, trying, shit. But I'm I trying to turn him into like have a glass of wine. He won't do it. I won't do it at all. Why risk it, right? No, no, it's not that. But I could be around drinkers. Right. I could be around smokers. It's just about willpower, man. It's about willpower. I could yeah, be around a whole lot of shit, and I don't even. You know what I mean? Both of you. But then it's always like birds of a feather flock together. But it's not like that, because he's over there doing his thing. Doesn't mean I'm doing my. You know what I mean? Mm. I do. Do you think that? Do you think that Andy is serious about like, like helping you and helping himself get better? Hell yeah. Does he talk about that stuff? Because he's very glib yeah, right now. Talking, but you know how we That's do it, Marty. We got to keep it to ourselves. What do you mean? That's but I always am trying to get him he's to loosen up a little bit. Yeah. But he's trying to get me to hold turkey everything. Like like throw the bottles like, out. Hope you don't yeah. hit nobody sitting underneath the window type shit. Just throw it all out. Go. And what about Eliza or Eliza or whatever, however you say her name? Is that serious? Yes, it's serious. We're back on. Uh, she it's... wants to get married. I think she said in June. The next year, Juju, did you meet Eliza? Elisa. Either way, Elisa. Did you meet Mrs. Schwartz? Hey, what is your name, Dobby? <laughs> anyway, yeah, Elisa. I'm sorry. Did you meet Elisa, Juju? Oh, I've seen her. Do you think that they that this is a thing? Like, does she? She doesn't do drugs, right? No, 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 no. Barely drinks. What does she do? I think you should go with Juju on this thing. I think you should throw the bottles out and not at Victor's head. You should just put them away. If whatever, his, huh? You should you should give this thing a shot. Do you have a sponsor, Andy? Yeah, Juju. He has seven. Juju, do you work twelve steps? Do I work twelve steps? Yeah. yeah. We work yes. them together. But yeah, so do you guys need fucking sponsors? You want me to sponsor you guys? Actually, you know, sure. no. Joke size. Let's say I got this old. Uh, Decrepit lady, she's a good sponsor now. I'm joking. Oh, but, shit. Yeah, tell me about it. Well, how old is she? She's on 75. Oh, yeah. She would have said chicks to say it's like, I am. She lives on the She lives in Sunset Rock. Her neighbor. And she helps you out. Her neighbor, she lives next door to Ice T's old house. She has an eight story house with a club in it. Can we move in now? Shit. No, because I need to move out of here. I'm getting evicted. I'm getting evicted. Wait, let's get back to sponsorship. Are you, yeah. are you, can, do you, I mean, listen, it sounds like Juju's got this old lady. Andy, why don't you ask Marin to sponsor you? No, thank you. I'll sponsor you. I would be open to that. But Marin is like, you know, he is an exact example of what I'm talking about. He's so pent up. I'm just waiting for him to snap and kill himself. 
He, I don't think so. He seemed pretty happy when I met him. I met him on a rainy day in Glendale. He seemed to have, he seemed really happy. Both laughing. He was laughing. So you think you're going to, you think you're going to get, you're not, are you, I think you should get a sponsor. I think you should throw the bottles away. And I think you should try to put long-term recovery together. Sponsor was Dave Dopey Dipshit. Yes. And he gave me an, the you know big book of AA Who? signed it, and he signed, and I have it Who? still. He said he said, "I hope this book helps you the way it helped me." And he was my first sponsor, and it was Chris Farley. Is that true? Yes, dummy. Chris Farley was your sponsor, and he wrote you that. Yes, he took me to my first meeting. Got me in there, and I guess it worked real. Actually, I'm not going to shit on AA because it it did work when he was working it, as they say. Yeah. But then stopped going, and then he died. Tom Arnold was his sponsor, right? Yeah, and Tom Arnold was also my sponsor, too, after. You should give him... He's been on Dopey. He was pretty good on Dopey. I like him. You should I give like him a fucking call, man. You know what, bitch? Are you that really that worried about me? Kid. No, I'm not worried about you at all. I'm just, I'm just saying that I bet you. I mean, like you can turn up the juice on your happiness. Is what I'm saying. Wait, hang on one second. What? Just say it. Yes, you got. What are you doing? Are you leaving? Uh, oh, okay. You're coming back. Yes. Okay. Kids are uh, big. He's picking his kids up, and then. How old are his kids? Oh, they're old. Well then, keep it, keep keep your shit together, man. It sounds like you're, it yep. sounds like you're doing the right thing. Yeah, I appreciate that, bro. To the folks, I thank you so much. You should check out my stupid podcast. You might get a kick out of it. I'm, I'm gonna check it out. Definitely am. It's called Definitely. Dopey. Andy's been on it. Yeah, you're. He's on it right now. I'm he's checking it out because he's on it. Oh, that makes that makes sense. That makes that makes sense, Andy. And I don't care if you do twelve step, if you call a sponsor, if you do anything. I just I I think it's you know like watch Joel Osteen on Sundays. Do something. Do something. Yeah, go to synagogue. Go go with Elisa a, a to synagogue. That's his black. That's his black Jew. That's his Sammy Davis. And, oh, you know what else is uh, um. Amari Stoudemire. Amari and, and Rod Carew. Amari Stoudemire is, the, is, a, is a, a classic black Jew. 610 black Jew rabbi in New York. True. Yeah. He's, he's becoming a rabbi. I don't know who he is. He was, he's a basketball player, Andy. Yeah, he was a center. Look, I'm from New York, right? Where are you I'm from? I'm from born in Brooklyn. I lived in Long Island with Eddie Murphy. Uh, I, live, I live on Long Island Public now. Eddie. Really? I'm from Roosevelt. Yeah, that's where Howard Stern and Public Enemy are from. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, Terminator X taught me how to DJ. Chuck D. Charlie Murphy used to beat my ass and 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 take out candy and I him love play the play. I love that you're still alive. I appreciate it. Right, because because you have stories. You know, I can tell you some crazy shit. Juju, yeah. what's your thing? What what's your background? What do you do? Man, I try you to live life. I live I life, bro. I live life. Really? Yeah. What yeah. do you do for a living? I live life. <laughs> but as a so, me being from Long Island, my best friend is yeah. Jewish. Name Scott Cohen. Yeah, very Jewish name. 
he committed he he did some crazy things in, in a time in, in the night uh, 88 89 uh-huh. he fled the country to israel really? and as a rabbi all the way shabbat shabbat andy when's the last time you did drugs drugs i don't take pills i hate pot i have you love pot last time you were on the show you love pot i don't i don't my lungs can't take it but i have friends that smoke it and i get a little bit of secondhand smoke <laughs> but i tell them don't even do that go outside and smoke the pot outside i'm like 56 like i told you i'm dying how are the washboard apps brad pitt is jealous <laughs> I look good because I eat really well. I do that keto thing where it's just all meat. And I'll eat your meat, dude. All right, take it easy. What about uh what about uh Coke? When's the last time you did Coke? Uh Coke, not into it. Never really was. What about the mountain of Coke that turned out to be fentanyl story? Uh that was like two two years ago. So you were into it but, then? What was the thing that made you not into I was, Coke? No, I never, never was. You know, the first time I even did coke, I was 27, by the way. Set set the scene. Tell us the story, and then I'll leave you alone. I don't remember. Oh, come on. Give me one good drug story before you go. Okay. Actually, I do remember this. It was um, that band. What was that band? You know them. They're like um, all my friends. Oh, Jim Carroll band? (laughs) No, oh, um, it's high as a high state vote. No, no, the Jim Carroll band, I think it was. Yeah, all no. my friends who died. That song. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. It was the Squirrel Nut Zippers. Squirrel Nut Zippers, early '90s ska revival band. Yes, I think it was them. So they, I was with my girlfriend. I was in college at University of Illinois. And they they uh, put cocaine out in front of me, and I was so afraid that I was going to be forced to do it that uh, I started crying in front of everybody. And I don't want, I don't please don't make me do it. And I think I did finally. And what was the question? I don't know. I don't know. Let me ask you this though. If you you you're you're so like immersed in your persona of being wild and crazy, do you think sobriety would fuck that up? You're, it sounds like you're immersed in it. This is how I've always been. I'm like, serious. I'm asking you a deep question here. I want you to dig what? deep inside oh, here. Oh, do you think that deep so- up your foot? Huh? Nothing. What's the question? I want you to dig deep. Do you think that you're fearful that sobriety can upset the apple cart of the Andy Dick persona? No. I already told you the only thing I'm afraid of is that I'll just fucking kill myself. Because, you know, come on. Get a sponsor. Fucking stop drinking wine at dinner. Get a sponsor. I think you're going to be okay. Okay. Well, you know what? I'm... I, you're fired as my sponsor. Well, it was it was a nice it was a short lived short lived opportunity. But uh, be in touch but, with me, Andy. All I right. will be. Oh, but hang on before you hang up. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, I what? No, come on, come on. What about Victor right. or Juju? Do they have any last words they want to give for the Dopey Nation? Well, Dave, I might have to go. I'm gonna stick your podcast out. Sorry. For, uh, nice meeting you. Pleasure. And, uh, hope to speak to you soon. 
I hope so too. We can get you on the show. I think you got some good stories. Yeah. Okay. Well, he's beginning. Hopefully, for the next podcast, that um, new chapter. Andy Dixon to be your manager. Nice. Yeah. Wait. Would he want him to manage you? Right. Yeah. What I managed Lou Gossett Jr. No, you did not. <laughs> he was in like, Iron uh, Eagles. What else was Lou Gossett Jr. in? Battlestar Galactica. You did not manage Lou Gossett Jr. Why would you even say, why would you pick Lou Gossett Jr.? Because I did. Are you dumb? So what, Juju, what do you do that Andy will manage you to do? Well, he wants to act. He hasn't really acted yet, but don't you see his vivacious personality? He was great. I think that you should write a script and feature uh, Juju, and you should fucking not drink. You're a genius, Andy. Don't fucking uh, drink. Write a script. Put Juju in it. Get rich, and and, and you won't commit suicide. It, and Juju is great talking with you. Bye, buddy. I'll see you soon. Hey, Dave. Say, my it. days. Uh, my Juju, be good. Thank you very much. He's okay, leaving. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Can you um, promote Tiger Dick for me, Dave? Yeah. What do you want to do? Uh, no, just say it on your show. And because we're what is it exactly? It's me doing me, Andy Dick, as Joe Exotic, uh, the Tiger King. But it's it's like one of those half, you know, me doing Joe and then me behind the scenes. And then there's about six episodes where by the end of the series, I am just way worse than Joe Exotic right? ever has been. That's so that's that. But also, can you know what I was thinking of? My albums. I have three fucking albums of music. Of music. I love you, JJ. Bye. Of music. Okay, yeah. Come back. Of music. Andy, you know what I would do? And I know you're not going to want to do this. But how about instead of me giving you $200 in cash, I'll give you three ads, which is worth $100. You really are that hard up for money. Well, it's it's a, it's I would rather trade. I love to trade. I do too. You're you like the barter system. And then you'll be in the doposphere with with ads in three shows. And I and I'll do I'll do nice ads for you. I have to write and do the commercial. What am I selling though? No, I'll do the ads. I'll I'll advertise the Tiger King in your records. The Tiger Dick in your records. And my NFT yeah, just send me what you want me to do, and I'll I'll do three episodes of it. I sell it in the box. Uh, how about can let me go in the middle? I'm bartering with you. Can I at least have a hundred? I'm really not doing that right with money right now. All right, I'll give, give you a hundred and two ads. Done. Jeez, you don't have to take the ads away. Can you use three ads and a hundred? Are you crazy? No way. I'll do two ads and a hundred. We're going back to three hundred. What are you? T- I'm giving you six that seven hundred dollar value right there. God, we'll God. see if it pans out. Well, give me give me the copy, two ads and a hundred bucks, and we'll see if it pans out. And I love you, and you are fabulous as always. I love you. Yeah, I'll talk to you next time. Please do. Thanks, Andy. Bye, buddy. Bye. Bye. Holy shit. Holy shit. That's another amazing appearance by Andy Dick on Dopey. What did you guys think? Send an email to dopeypodcast at gmail.com. Now, before we start to unpack what is the great Andy Dick on Dopey, I want to 
welcome longtime friend of the show, friend of mine, dopey contributor, law enforcement uh, professional, Long Islander, Butchie. Welcome back to the show, Mr. Butch. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It is always a pleasure to see you, speak to you, and have you on Dopey. Now let's just jump right into the Andy Dick. Just another phenomenal and wild appearance, wouldn't you say? Yes. Andy is a wild. So you've never met Andy? Not yet. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, he is wild, but I mean, you gotta love him. The thing about this appearance, it's like, I like music. I know you like music, but this this interview with him it reminded me of like when you sit down to play music with people or you listen to a jam and the jam is no good it's like all over the place and you're like what the fuck are they gonna do is this gonna go anywhere and then all of a sudden one musician starts playing one thing and everybody kind of falls in line and it goes someplace and i really felt like that's what happened with this episode uh, with this conversation with Andy and Juju and Victor, if that's his real name, which I'm sure it isn't. Um, but uh, I felt like I was a little too 12-steppy with him, though. Like, I just didn't... I, I mean, like, people in the Dopey Nation are often critical. I mean, the fact is that I got sober through the 12 steps, and I participate in the 12 steps, um, and I'm a 12-step group member. I actually fucking spoke on Saturday. I qualified. Where? At the beach. Wow. Yeah. Um, I don't want to bother you. But uh, I, I qualified. It. The point is, like, I'm, like, trying. Do you think I overly tried to 12-step Andy Dick? I think you can, only, um, you can only pass the message that you have. And if that's your message, if your message of recovery comes from a 12-step background, that's what you can give. Which is what I did. Which is fine. I mean, what, what else are you supposed to tell Andy? Exactly. Try refuge recovery? I mean, I, it might work. I don't know. Anything, any, that's what, when I, when I, when I work with people in 12 step, I tell them like, listen, we can leave this meeting. We can go to a bookstore. There's hundreds of books on recovery. Do they work? I don't know. The only thing that I know that worked for me is 12 step. So that's what I can give you. If you don't want that, that's cool. We can still be friends, but I'll try to maybe find somebody who's into something else that maybe you want to try. Right. And, and, and there's, and there are a million different ways to do anything. And like, I was just so shocked also with Andy because I'm like poking him and like saying, but you can be like this. And he's like, fuck you. And then it turns out he's been going back for seven months. And I, I was like shocked when that piece came out. Yeah, the, one, the 180 by Andy when, when Juju started participating in the, in the conversation was, yeah, I didn't see that coming. I definitely didn't see that coming. Um, but I'm glad, uh, I'm glad he's got Juju in his life. You know, if anything, Juju and Andy show you that you can't do it alone. And I think that's part of the thing maybe with Andy is that he's afraid of doing this alone, you know. Um, but he's got a friend in Juju and they're doing it together, which is perfect. You See, know, which is perfect. They're going to meetings together. I mean, look at what, what do you want? What do we want Andy to do? What do I want Andy? I want Andy to be sober. I want Andy to be happy. I don't want him to be scared of 12 steps. You know, I don't want him to be run out the door because of some you know, bleeding deacon pounding a big book in his face and telling him, you have to do this, you have to do that. I don't want that. Don't well, want but that. his fear is that he finds recovery and he wants to kill himself 
because he's so unhappy that he can't have a drink. And then when I remember when you and I talked about it, you called that the dirty little secret of uh, of twelve step. Yeah, it is a dirty secret. Um, I've read some articles on it about you know people that just feel trapped with you know with long term sobriety that they just feel trapped and they end up um, they end up taking their own life. And um, I'm not you know you have to remember like in twelve step, especially for myself. Um, I bring my alcoholism and I bring my SMI, my serious mental illness. I think it's severe mental illness, but yes, I'm with you. Serious works too. Serious, severe, super, super, super mental illness. Yes. Yeah. Um, I bring that too. So, you know, there's a lot of things that need to be treated and I don't know, I don't know why people, I think maybe they get like indoctrinated to the idea that I can't, I can't drink, I can't drink, I can't drink. And then that becomes such a mantra for them that they get stuck and the only thing they, they think they have left to deal with whatever they're dealing with is a drink. And they're like, well, I can't do that. So I might as well off myself. It's a dirty little secret. It happens. It happens to people in long-term sobriety. And I'm not, listen, we, we get told things in 12 step, right? To drink is to die. To use is to die. But to commit suicide is to die too. So right. do you want to be here for a couple more days or a couple more months? Or do you want to end it today? Well, people are like posting shit. Like if you work the steps or die, right? And, and like that might be the case for somebody, but it also just might be the case that you you I preach trying to find some kind of enjoyability in your sober life or really there's no point. It's like if I could have stayed happy using and productive using, I would have done it. Right. I couldn't stay happy or productive using. And I and if I'm not having fun in sobriety, I try to just switch shit up. But like before you know, like you mentioned the dirty little secret thing to me and I was at a meeting the other day and one of the guys at the group shared about a guy who got sober in my group and hung himself after he got his first year, like right away. Yeah. You know, and uh, and like, so I, I mean, my opinion is like there are adjustments which can be made so that you can have fun. Like if you're not having fun and working a program, like what do you suggest? Well, I mean, if it's not working for you, if you're working a program and it's not working for you, then you have to, I don't know, do something different. Um, there's so many it, things you can do. Right. There, there are a lot of things you can do different, but I think there's one of the, one of the things that gets overlooked once you get into a 12 step fellowship is other fellowships. You know, once you get into a 12 step fellowship, you get presented with the idea that this is the only way, and this is the only one that works. And, you know, we have the most success in this, that, and the third, but there are plenty of other things out there um, that, like you said, what did you say? I wasn't going to say Dharma recovery, but what would you say? Refuge yeah. recovery. There's, there's a, a lot of different things out there that work. I just got back into fucking therapy. Right. And I've, been in, I've been in therapy for 16 years. But you go once a year. No, I go like count. once every three months. It's still, come on. Yeah, but when I started, I went every week. Right. You know, and then it's just become, you know, I have, I have his, my therapist home number, office number, personal cell phone number if i need to talk to him right now i can call him right now how often do you talk to your sponsor uh twice a week yeah and how much do you talk to him um yesterday we talked for like about a half an hour but we don't we don't really talk about like um the things i talked about in the beginning you know in the beginning i didn't know how i was gonna you know i was out of work i didn't know how i was gonna go back to work and i was gonna deal with the people at work now like yesterday i'm talking about like writing donation checks to different groups like Right. It's, it's a different thing. It, it gets to a different level. And I think that's one thing that I've experienced in 12 step is that it, 
you know, if, if I'm at a plateau, um, I need to, you know, I'm, tr- I'm always trying to like keep going higher and like try to find more and more. So I'm at a plateau, like I know I have to add something in, you know, whether it's um, a different podcast, like there's like a, there's a daily 12 step podcast that sometimes I'll go to because it's a voice I haven't heard in a while, you know, it's a voice I've never heard because it's just a speaker tape every day or um, whatever it is. Like, um, you know, I, I don't like to be so rigid in my recovery that I have to do X, Y, Z, one, two, three. Like, if I want to, like, skip something one week or something, like, that should be okay. Well, that's also part of, like, the enjoyment or the the loose garment or the, yes. or the switching fucking shit up. With uh, with Andy Dick, what was the most shocking thing? The the uh, the violence, the bussy. What 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 knocked you out in this in this interview? Or or the fact that uh, like what 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 shocked you the most? His fear, his fear, and, and because he's experienced his friends who have been in recovery that have that have taken their lives, and I think that's a real, just on the outside thinking, like that's a real fear for Andy that he's going to get so entrenched in recovery and gets get sober or get abstinent, whatever you want to call it, and that he's going to get to a point where that decision is going to be in front of him. Like I can't do X, Y, and Z, so I got to take myself, I got to take my life, like his friends, and that's. That's a shitty way to be. I mean, that's there, there's twelve step work does does a lot of good, but there is definitely people that are damaged from from get damaged from twelve step work either by like inappropriate sponsor or like right. people twisting the program and you know into what you know whatever people just taking things out of context and, and twisting things you know and you know there's a lot of contrary contrary things in a in uh in in 12 steps where they like you know stick don't take anybody's inventory but stick with the winners and you're like you know yeah like, how am i not going to take right. your inventory if i have to stick with the winners right. how and, am i going to figure that out right and as a newcomer you come in and you're like your head is upside down to begin with aa is definitely the last place or 12 step recovery is the last place you want to be in or like, it's also like you have to trust your sponsor, but what if your sponsor's no good? Because they're just another fucking idiot. Right. And you know, if you get lucky, you get a good one. Right. If you get lucky, you get a good one. And how are you even going to know? Like, you're supposed to put your trust into this person. How do you know if they're good or if they're not good? You know, and we've talked about that before in the past, just, just amongst me and you about, you know, damage that can be done in 12-step program. You can really hurt people if you don't know what you're doing. See, I, I really love my sponsor, and I get a ton out of him, but I think, like therapy i just wanted to like make some moves and i want to not like like i just wanted to try something else you know and and i found it to be really 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 good for me and um i don't know like i I don't part of me feels like i'm betraying my sponsor by having a therapist like like i have a little bit of that in me because i know my sponsor has said a bunch of times like I don't for everything I would use a therapist for I use my sponsor for or I use AA for but or 12 step for but lots of other people also say that um that you shouldn't use your sponsor as a therapist like people say that all the time right and that um I'm just thinking about my buddy who used to say that there's no doctors in AA there's no tax professionals there's no lawyers in right. AA like you're in AA because you have a problem with alcohol and that's what you're here for so if you have serious mental illness like you should probably go to a therapist. If you have problems with your taxes, you should probably go to a tax man. If you have, you know, problems with a, I don't know, a speed. Just that's one of my favorites. If you have a problem with a speeding ticket, don't ask me about it at a twelve-step meeting because that's not what I'm there for. That's not what I'm there for. Go get yourself a lawyer or find somebody who knows about speeding tickets. Um, and I think, 
I think diversifying your recovery and getting input from different sources, whether it be therapist, support group, sponsor group, it, it can only make it better. It's not like you were like putting one against another. Like you didn't go to your sponsor and get an answer that you didn't like. So now you're going to run to your therapist and be like, run it by them and like, oh, well, I got the answer that I want now. Like if you're doing it that way, it's probably. No, I, I find right. that I'm actually bringing a lot of what my sponsor says to my therapist. And she's like, oh, that's interesting. And it's like, and then she kind of fine tunes it in a different way. And I get both ways. And I, so far I'm enjoying it. So far it's working out. And I'm happy about that. Well, I'm happy you're doing that too, because it's something that's helped me. So to see somebody else, to see, to see anybody work a program, whether it's you at a meeting at the beach and then finding out you're going to therapy or it's finding that Andy Dick is out of his mind and then finding out he's actually working a program with Juju. That brings me great joy. I'm very happy that Andy's working a program, whatever he's doing. And I'm not here to judge him or tell him that he's not far, far enough along or anything like that. Andy's working a program, and good for him. And maybe uh, we're going to have Juju on the show. But uh, one of my favorite things to do on Dopey is to play voicemails. You want to hear a Dopey voicemail? Absolutely. Dave, Dopey Nation, what up? This is Charles from Lincoln, Nebraska. Fucking wishing everybody happy holiday. I'm uh, just going to tell a tale about the first time that I did methamphetamine. Uh, <laughs> it was a terrible experience. It should have been the last. It was not like any good addict. But anyway, so back in the day, uh, selling pounds of weed, that was my that was my job. And uh, my kid's mom and I had just split up, so I was feeling pretty down in the middle of a fucking pre-hardcore run. Huge fucking coke fiend. Been listening to all the old episodes with Chris. And, man, I relate with that guy so much. I miss him so much. I know that we all do. But, uh, anyway, I just got a DUI. My kid's mom had just left. My life was in shambles. I was fucking in the middle of a of a serious coke run, making crack, smoking crack, shooting coke, doing coke. And I fucking ran out of coke. Um, I had to go to Omaha to get the good coke. And I just wasn't ready to do that. So... I fucking succumbed to the pressures of the Midwest, where there's fucking meth everywhere, and decided to give it a try. And I got so fucking zooted that it was, like, uncomfortable, like how I feel like Dave is with cocaine, (laughs) based on his experiences. Cocaine fit me like a glove, methamphetamine, fucking too much, man, too much for me. And anyway, I'd got the DUI, so I was fucking serving people out of my house, which to anybody who sold drugs, no... That's not a great idea. Um, You know, I'm not just talking about friends. I'm talking about, you know, I had lots of customers. Anyway, I start having people come through the house. um, Because I fucking couldn't drive at the time. So anyway, I fucking am all zooted out. Like, uncomfortably zooted out. Start doing some dope fucking. I'm able to fucking calm down after like... It was like two days, man. It was fucking terrible. And I finally catch a nod. Uh, on my living room couch, I'm sitting there, I hear a knock on the door, and I just pop up, I fucking think I forgot about somebody who was coming by the house to pick up Bud, and fucking just promptly open the door instead of like, checking out the people to see what's up, which is something I'd always do, it was just the perfect storm, and uh, you know, I caught the nod from the dope, but the fucking knock on the door like, woke me back up into the fucking meth madness, (laughs) and uh, and so I open the door, and there's one dude on the left side of the door and two dudes on the right. And I fucking 
figure out what the fuck's going on, you know, I'm about to get jacked, these are stick-up boys, like, you know, I never fucking, I've heard about it, never happened to me, so anyway, I try to slam the door shut, but they overpower me, promptly hit me in the fucking nose, uh, with a gun, like, I'm bleeding all over the fucking place, they tie me up like a fucking rodeo people (laughs) on my, on my stomach, man, like a fucking calf at the rodeo, like, and they do it in no time, this is obviously not their first time doing this, uh, tie me up on my stomach with my hands and my feet behind my back with my vacuum cord, throw blankets over the top of me, start saying, we'll fucking kill you, white boy, blah, 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 where's it at, we know where's that, and, you know, I just say, man, you hit me on the wrong day, like, everything is on the front, I got no money here, uh, which was obviously not true, I had a safe out on my balcony, like a closet on the balcony, and luckily, they didn't find that, uh, but they took my keys, my phone, my laptop, I had like six ounces of butt underneath the bathroom sink, I told them about it, I was like, take it man, that's all there is, you hit me on the wrong day, and they are pissed man, but they fucking finally left, and, uh, I fucking am able to untie myself after, I don't know, five, ten minutes. And, like, the meth psychosis, like, coupled with just being robbed at gunpoint, just, it was fucking too much, man. Like, so I pop up, and, like, I literally hallucinate that these dudes are trying to steal my car. And they, obviously, they weren't, as I said, hallucinate. But I fucking, like, find a burner phone in my closet and call the police on myself, <laughs> basically. So the first time I do meth, I get robbed. It, you know, I had fucking pounds that they didn't get. I had money that they didn't get. So it turned out to be all right. But I thought these dudes were trying to steal my car because they had my keys, and I was so fucking out of my gourd on fucking stimulants. And uh, <laughs> so the police come, and there's, like, all these fucking police in my house talking about how it smells like unburnt marijuana there's two types of reasons for a home invasion either you have a bunch of jewelry or you're a drug dealer just trying to like ask and granted like there's still all the weed and all the money i have a gun in the safe which is like guaranteed jail time here in nebraska if you get caught with bud and and a gun like doesn't matter if you know and all these cops are basically just accusing me of being a drug dealer saying nobody's trying to steal your car like what the fuck's going on and so I go from, like, thinking I'm going to get killed, maybe, to thinking I'm going to prison for sure. There's, like, I don't know, five cops in my apartment, like, for an hour. I was just, like, drilling me with questions. And I just fucking, I was able to, like, hold it together, man. But it, like, broke me, like, a mesh, uh, uh, mentally or whatever, man. Like, it fucked me up. Like, I was just, I just couldn't believe what happened, but... Anyway, that's the tale. Kind of rambled. I fucking love this podcast, man. You guys uh done so much for my recovery. I have three years in March. Uh, fucking Dave and Justin just hooked up a scholarship for my brother. Uh, I just talked to him, like, yesterday. He's doing great. Thank you so much, man, like, for everything you do and for everybody that's struggling out there. If you want help, the fucking Dopey Podcast can help get you help, man. Like, uh... You know, what other podcast is doing that, dude? This fucking, this thing that you've put together, Dave, and carried on after Chris and Todd's death is just special. And uh, so grateful for it, man. Anyway, fucking much love, Dopey Nation. Uh, Stay strong. Manasseh motherfucking toodles.
So that's Charles, and that, I mean, that email is uh, crazy, but then it's super emotional, too. Yeah, it's a roller coaster. It's a roller coaster. But before you say anything, he says, he writes me, a tale for the nation, forgot to mention that to this day I have never revealed to my friends and family that I was the one who called the police. In telling this story, I always lied and said my neighbors did because I was so embarrassed about it. LOL. Dopey exclusive. I was so zooted and paranoid, I called the fucking cops. Anyways, much love to the show and you personally, Dave. This show is the best show out there, and I'm not just saying that. Isn't that nice? Thank yeah. you. Good good, uh, good voicemail. Good voicemail. We need more debauchery like that, right? Yeah. Some of those good... The good old dope, dopey stuff. Yeah, the good old grind. All right, Charles, send me your, uh, your address and you get a pair of socks. Butch, you got any comments on this thing? Um... If you if you send in a dopey voicemail or email and I read it, you get fucking socks. And he, he's not lying. The socks are right next to me. It's it's the new policy. If you guys want dopey merch, just write us up at dopeypodcast at gmail dot com uh, and tell me what you want, and then you just Venmo me and I'll send it to you. I'm behind on my shipping though, and I feel bad about that. I'm behind on the shipping. So if you're missing something, please write me an email as well. Butch, what do you think? What are you thinking about? I think you need help with your shipping. Well, how? You know, of course I do. We gotta, we'll figure it out. Tomorrow I'm doing a massive shipping. Tomorrow's a massive shipping. Butchie, thank you for coming in. Did you have a good time? Always. All right. Thank you for coming. Anything you want to say to Charles about his crazy story? Have you ever been on the other side of a home invasion like that? Mm, I've been on home invasions, but I'm thinking about um, Biggie and the Ten Crack Commandments. Never. You never get high on your own supply? No, uh, don't sell any crack where you rest at. Right. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. I'm sure meth applies, too. But I'm glad he's doing well, and I'm. Uh, that's awesome. Three years in March. Fantastic. 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 All right. Thanks, Butch. Thank you. Fucking stay strong, Dopey Nation, and fucking toodles for Chris. Toodles. What's up, Dave and Chris? My name's Jake. I'm 25 years old from West Virginia. I just found Dopey about two weeks ago, and it's my favorite podcast of all time. Y'all are hilarious, and it's just gotten me through some really hard times. And Though I'm not clean myself, you know, it gives me a lot of hope for the future. Um, I really like Dave's song, and I'm going to do a little cover of it here on my banjo. Hope y'all don't mind too much. I wrote a uh, third verse myself. Sorry about the poor quality. It's just on my phone. And, uh, sorry about the banjos. Things hard to keep in tune. <clears throat> Wanna take a walk around the world. Wonder would it do me any good. Till I get some honey in my pockets and I guess I'll just have to walk around my neighborhood I wanna be good so bad Wanna be so good, so bad, so bad I wanna be good so bad Bad desire's all I ever had Wanna take a ride up in the sky Watch as airplanes just pass me by In 
I wanna see a Lear jetliner take a dive Just to show all of these people what it means to be alive I wanna be good so bad So bad, so bad, I wanna be good so bad Bad desire's all I ever had Him burned out basement listening to the dopey show Home friends I had her on this little radio I keep checking on my pulse because it feels like I might die But the thought straightening up sounds so much better when you're high and I wanna be good so bad I wanna be so good, so bad, so bad I wanna be good so bad Bad desire's all I ever had y'all hear this makes it through the uh, big inbox emails feel free to play a clip on the show if you want I, if not I know it kind of sucks all right I uh, really appreciate it thanks y'all